It's Growing in Greatness radio show with host Gwendolyn Singletary. We want to be your source for reliable, relevant, and informative strategies that disrupt the norm and to help ambitious achievers grow in greatness. Don't miss it. Mondays at 6 p.m. right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Achievers grow in greatness. Greatness, 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 greatness. Well, hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday to you. It is great that you have Monday to start the week off to do what you need to do, prepare to continue to grow in greatness, to be the best that you can possibly be. I'm excited about Mondays. You know, a lot of people are dragging out of the bed on Monday, but Mondays to me is a day of so much possibilities. I have a whole week to do all that I believe I'm supposed to do, what God has assigned me to do, and to make an impact in somebody's life. So uh, that's my little thing about Monday. But welcome, welcome. We're here today. We talk about brands. And uh, we hear so much about the brand. We talked about uh, company brands. And so what we're going to do today is talk about corporations and brands and how you handle your brand. Next week, we'll come back and talk about personal brands because people have a brand as well. It's very, very important in uh, our uh, business interaction and uh, as we deal with people totally to know and keep our brand personal brand out there as well. So we'll get into it right now. Listen, if you have any questions, any input, any thought, call in. We Our number here is 515-602-9767. Once again, 515-602-9767. Hit me up on Facebook. Uh, ask me questions or if there's something you want me to cover. Hit me up on Facebook. Never had so good sports radio. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, going in greatness radio show. And uh, we can go from there. Okay, so back to the topic is a brand. Okay, first, so first thing is what is a brand? You hear that term a lot. A brand is a distinguishing name or symbol designed to differentiate you from the goods and services from your competitor. It's also to protect the consumer and um, producers from competitors trying to ease into your space. Think about that. If McDonald's didn't have a brand and had it trademarked and it was their specific brand, then any other burger chain can come and say, okay, I'm, I'm McDonald's too. So a brand gives you that oomph, that line of demarcation that separates you from other uh, organizations or companies that may be somewhere in the same realm you're in. Uh, products and services they face aggressive and swiftly evolving competition. And that's always your issue in terms of being business, your competition. With the transparency we have now, social media, more news outlets, more consumer outlets, people, our consumers are more savvy than ever, okay? And today we have to have a strong brand that strikes a balance between conflicting strategies. That piece has come into play now. One time a company could have a brand, and that's their brand forever. But as you see now, companies are evolving with the brand story. A prime example of that is Subaru. Subaru talks about the car, the length of the car, the, the, the tires, the expansion, the size, the width. But they also talk about Subaru as love and all the things they do in terms of helping nonprofits or organizations like the you know, uh, AP, uh, the pet, uh, people with homeless pets and Make-A-Wish Foundation, they have two brand identities. In fact, they kind of merge them together and say Subaru is love. Love is a Subaru, okay? So you see a prime example of that. You talk about the car, 
and then the other brand messages, we give back and we keep you safe and we are all about love. You have to adapt with your brand to cultural needs and to keep striving. I'm not saying you're supposed to take a brand and move it every month or something else, every year. But you can have conflicting brands, or I shouldn't say conflicting, but more than one brand message at a time. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Please, when you start that process, make sure those two uh, messages, or if you do that, that they don't conflict, they work together in a harmonious way. What you start to do when you start developing the brand for your company, your organization, and think about this for yourself as well. Too often, companies start the process of branding, their journey to build a product they hope people are going to like, okay? They spend thousands of dollars, hours or whatever, developing the product, the idea, the research, and sometimes go as far as put together a logo and all the stuff, but they haven't stopped and really thought about a few things as it comes to branding. Uh, they talk about that product, but they'll ever talk about the why, and that's a new Phrase now that people are very interested and want to know why, why you exist, why you live. We'll talk about that a lot today, the terminology, why. Let's give a good example of that is to say, um, uh, let's say Apple, okay? Um, in the old scenario of brand strategy and branding, we would say that Apple makes computer devices. They are beautifully designed. We exist to challenge the status quo. So once again, that's that. What? Apple computers. The second part is how, beautifully designed. And then third, they have their why. Their why is to challenge the status quo. So what um, Apple did was take that reverence, take that why, and flip it and make the lead all about now. Apple exists to challenge the status quo. Think about that. That gives you another whole look on life. Like I'm a rebel. I'm doing things differently. I'm not going to be uh, like everybody else's status quo. I'm going something different. Um, we emphasize beautiful design, and we make computer services. At the bottom left, they talk about what they do last. Clearly, their why is to challenge the status quo. That's a whole lot better thought process. It makes me want to hear the rest of it. It makes me want to think more than me just saying, you know, I make computers. Well, how many people make computers? So they flipped it. And that is the kind of unique little nuances you need to think about when you're branding in a day. Um, Apple took this thing to another level in terms of establish a movement based on why. You know, the movement based on innovation and, and not being status quo. And they had these cool ads where everybody walked down the streets. With, all you could see was the headphones, the little white headphones with the Apple stuff. And it got to be such a counterculture that people were serious about Apple. I mean, there were like Android people and Apple people, and you didn't mix. You had a, a, a Apple computer or you had a um a PC. You had a Mac or you had a PC. And the two should not mix. I mean, it was it was that way, you know. Um, they enhanced the idea of beautiful computers. Um, they got everyone involved in their brand message. You remember Steve Jobs um, before he passed. You saw him making these major presentations. So everyone from the CEO down to the clerk in the store knew the brand message, knew um, what their their, their um, differentiating proposition is. They all had a stigma of, of Apple. 
And unfortunately, it happened happened with Apple since then. I just, 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 just had a new innovation for the first time in almost 10, 12 years. But Steve Jobs and that black turtleneck, you know, and those pants, he wore that every day, I understand. I uh, did some reading and said that was, his, that was his uniform. That was his look. He wore that every day, you know, and that's what his company was all about. And that's when he came into the own of all these open spaces and people working differently to enhance that brand, that mindset of people. With a brand strategy, you have to give a bill of, uh, uh, deliver a message to them clearly. The message to them very clearly was, we're here to break the status quo, okay? Other companies do the same thing. What's my brand message? Let's go back to Burger King. Have it your way. You know, that's got to be a clear, what's got to have a clear message. You have to confirm your business credibility. Uh, if you take Burger King, you can have it your way, and then they go better on to say about how well it tastes. I'm not debating with you like Burger King or McDonald's or whatever. I'm just saying, then they go on to the taste of the burger. That credibility is because it tastes better. At one point in time, I worked for a campaign that says, we may not be the world's number one burger chain. We just taste that way. Okay? So they took that piece of the solid brand message and have it your way, then they went on to the credibility because it tastes like it is. And then you also connect your business to your target audience emotionally. You know, um, that's what really drives people to buy from you. They emotional, they have a motivated person to reason to buy. They're motivated, they're emotional about it. You know, like I said, people who did Macs and, 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 and PCs, you know, they really get you on that end, that end what they do. Um, and then when you get people to become brand loyalists, then they also become your best advertisement. They tell other people about it. They tell their friends about it. And frankly, we cannot overlook the concept that when people tell you something, a friend, somebody you trust, it automatically resonates with you stronger and better than hearing on the radio or the TV or reading it in print. Okay? So you want to have people understand what you do, like what you do, and what you're doing is irrelevant to them. I have to tell you, your goals have to be three things. You have to make sure that what you do is relevant. Not what you want, what the consumer wants. Okay? Once again, like I said, go back to the scenario. I spent hours and money with this great product, but does anybody want the great product? You want it, but does the consumer want it? So important for you to say, find out what people need and give them what they need, uh, give people what they want. Not necessarily what they need. I'm taking that back. Give people what they want, and they will buy from you. It goes more than what you need. It goes to what you want. Because I just need a pair of shoes. I could buy hundreds of thousands of different pairs of shoes, but I want a pair of Dolce & Gabbana. I want, you know, um, who is I want a Jessica Simpson or, you know, I want a, a certain, and that's what I'm going to buy. So it goes past that need to what I want. So make sure your product is relevant to them. That's the thing I can use, I'm looking for, I need. Make sure I like the product. You know, it, affinity is a big thing. You've got to like the brand. And when you become liking the brand, you become loyal to it, and you keep buying it and tell other people about it, that's when your brand grows. Now, you notice I didn't say anything about awareness. And that's a flip on old school because I went, first went through marketing and I worked for McDonald's Corporation. The only thing we talked about was awareness, awareness, awareness. And I learned at a period of time, it doesn't make any difference if I know you exist 
if I don't like you. So awareness is not necessarily the biggest thing. It's awareness to your consumer, but not broad necessarily awareness. Because tell me, no one else can get higher awareness than McDonald's, Coke, Pepsi. You can't get any more awareness than those companies. But if you don't like those companies, you're not going to buy their product, right? No matter how much you hear about them. So you have to say, you know, this is for me. I, I, I like this. This is what I'm looking for. It makes sense for me. One of the biggest mistakes organizations and individuals make when they spend their marketing dollars is really understanding who they really are, you know, what differentiates them from their brand, their why, and also addressing uh, perceptions, whether they're negative or not, negatively or you perceive to be negative. And don't miss out the point of addressing those perceptions if they are negative. You can't just blow over that. Uh, a good example of that is the reverse mortgage. There was a, it came out. It was great. And people were talking about it. And then as I said, it was a scam to take your house. They had, uh, what's the guy named Tom Selleck, the old Magnum PI. He has a commercial. He's talking about reverse mortgages and da 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 And got to a period of time where he now, the commercial now, he addresses that perception, saying that I wouldn't cheat you. I believe in it. It's not a way to take your house. It's a way to use money in a more uh, way that's more successful for you. So if you have negative perceptions out there, whether they're real or perceived, then you need to deal with those as well in your brand positioning. But a point is, if you don't figure out a way to come out of the clutter, climb out of the clutter, because there's so many companies out there and so many messages, and get ahead of your competition, your company's going to fail. I mean, I see this thing that's going on now, if I go into it right now. I tell you what, before we um, go into that other part, I'm going to take a break here. Uh, I want you to call in if you have a question or a thought. Uh, call in to number 515-602-9767. It's growing in greatness. I'll be back with you in a few minutes. Your skin isn't just skin. It's a beautiful reflection of every single thing you've been through in life. Which is why Dove Body Wash removes your skin ceramides and strengthens it against dryness for instantly softer smoother skin you can lovingly embrace renew the love for your skin with dove body wash dull skin swipe it away new garnier brightening micellar water now with vitamin c micelles work like a magnet in one swipe gently cleanse remove makeup and brighten new micellar water with vitamin c by garnier naturally Okay, we're back, we're back, we're back, and uh, we'll keep on going. The last thing we were talking about was if you're not able to distinguish yourself and to come from the competitive and pull yourself out of the, out of the clutter, your company's going to fail. You know, a prime example for me in terms of clutter and things that tend to be not that interesting, but you got to have whatever, whatever, is insurance. Have you guys noticed all of the insurance commercials these days? I mean, it's amazing how much money they're spending now to get out of the clutter and to try to differentiate their product from another product, okay? So you have State Farm. They now have made a person out of Jake, okay? He talks about the real deal. He talks about um, uh, like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. He talks about how he gives everybody a good deal. You know, that's, that's State Farm. 
Then we have Allstate. We have, first of all, we had Mayhem. I personally love Mayhem. Mayhem, and he was telling you what could happen to you and what could happen, um, why you need insurance. And then now they talked with the safe driver, say 40%. So you went from, you know, what could happen to you? Did you drive safe? Safe drivers, like safe 40%. And they talked about accident forgiveness. That's their ploy, accident forgiveness in all state. The Liberty Mutual. I mean, I, did you guys know there was such a thing as an emu before this commercial? I personally didn't. But now they got um, only pay for what you need. So we have insurance that customized specifically to you. So you got somebody who is going to say, um, we're, we're going to always be there for you. You can depend on us. You got somebody talking about the fact that you can save with us. You got somebody talking about, once again, we align your um, your, your um, insurance needs to, to that. That's liberty. Then you got progressive talking about the bundle. You know, it started off with Flo, and now Floyd went to Jamie, and then there's another crew of people there, and now they got Dr. Rick. But it's all talking about um, bundling and how you can save. And their strategy is to get your home and your car and your, your, your RV and whatever. So they talk about the bundling and saving there. Farmers talk about we cover anything. Um, you, they basically say that we, we cover almost everything. Um, we know things. Uh, we, 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 so let's talk about um, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Okay, that's their, that's their brain difference. But listen at how... Uh, uh, the uniqueness of all the messages and how they are really pushing that mundane, somewhat boring um, marketplace in terms of insurance. And they have some very entertaining commercials. I mean, oh, excuse me, I even think about Geico. Geico got their commercials out. They talk about entertaining commercials. Geico got some of the best. So, you know, they have found the, the need to do that. Once in time, people just talked about all of their insurance, and that was it. But now it's competitive enough that they're really putting a lot of effort and marketing into that, that whole concept of, of, of insurance. Um, one other thing about brand, you really want to make sure you get that, multi, that emotional response that we talked about earlier. Volvo was a good example of that. They talked about the safety and what Volvo was all about, and that was the car that um, yuppies and buppies would have with their two kids and, you know, that kind of thing. But it was all about that safety, what they brought to you. Uh, we talked about brands like uh, Mountain Dew. I worked on this brand, and we actually did a cultural response. We took Mountain Dew from being a, a drink that was consumed by crazy white boys, is what we used to say, um, because they did the uh, the exhilaration was still there in terms of um, the energy, uh, extreme sports, skateboarding. That was the kind of um, brand that Mountain Dew had. We flipped that and made that a cooler brand and, and put Buster Rhymes in there and then we'll still do the do and still talked about the energy and exhilaration from a cultural perspective. And then, of course, one of my favorite branding stores, if you've been around me, you know that it's Nike. Nike brands hit you mostly because it talks about power and determination. If you notice, Nike never says their product is better. They never list not one product attributes. They don't say their shoes are made better. They don't say they can make you run faster, jump higher. They just say, just do it. And even with that, they have the highest prices for athletic wear. Because the mindset and the brand of loyalty that they have acquired, the people they were able to get to endorse their brands says winner, and everybody wants to be a winner. Everybody wants to be cool. 
But when you think about it, to me, this is the most amazing brand story. They never tell you anything about the product attribute. Nothing. No jump faster, run higher, nothing. They just say, just do it. And they get a pretty penny for their, their, their tennis shoes. Okay? So, once again, you see the power of brand, how that experience, that feeling uh, allows people to pay a lot more money for their product than whatever than before or their competitors. You know, you, you are bombarded as a consumer with various um, products to meet your same need. So the way you do that is to make sure that your brand is giving them what they want, not necessarily what they need. Um, I could talk about a little bit about brand evolution, but I'm going to do this part first. We don't have time for that today. Another benefit, and I kind of t- touched on a little bit about a strong brand, is that, um, that you, you use, you're able to use the benefit of your brand equity. The brand equity cannot necessarily be measured in dollars and cents per se, but you can see the benefit of it from your financial and your consumer experience. So the experience and the perception in terms of how you treat people, you know, those little cool, nice things you do. Um, here we go. Um, when you buy a, what is it? When you buy a pair of Jimmy shoes, that's a, that's a shoe, gentlemen, that women buy. Uh, it comes, and it comes in a little bag, and it's a, a beautiful little bag that your shoe goes in. You keep that little bag that when you travel, you put the shoes in and whatever. That's part of the nice experience. Tiffany's little blue box. Um, when you go inside different um, establishments, you actually want wine or champagne. The whole experience is there. If you buy a new car, a high-level car, expensive car, you walk in, you sign one piece of paper, you have something to drink, and you're out the door. I mean, there's so many different things in terms of how people service you. The same thing with hair salons or barbershops. When you go into the place, you pay a little bit of money because you go in there. Um, they're nice. They're kind. They're clean. They're dressed. They're coordinated. The atmosphere is beautiful. There's soft music playing. For you ladies, a lot of times you want peace and quiet. They, they don't allow children in a certain area. And you're able to have that. You have your experience. That. That experience, that, that call going to cost you a little more than maybe going to the corner and getting your nails done. But you see the difference, and you see what that brand is trying to portray. And you pay more for that if that's what you really want. Good examples is Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. They both sell coffee. But you're going to pay at least $5 for a cup of Starbucks coffee opposed to that Dunkin' Donut for $1.25 or so. Not that much different than coffee, but... Starbucks has a brand image. They have that third place. You sit around, it's cool, and you can get a yuppies, go to sit, and that kind of thing. The um, Howard Swartz, who is the founder of Starbucks, made some strategic decisions early on. He wanted his coffee experience to be different. He coined that, the third place. I worked that brand for a short period of time as well. And when he tells his story, he talks about the fact that when he was going through the packaging of his cup, he wanted that, that lid that everybody got now that peels off the top. Everybody thought he was crazy for doing that because that lid cost 10 cents, with the other basic lids cost like one and a half or two cents. But he wanted that, and that's what he did. And that cup, that lid, the convenience of it, the coolness of it, the little band around it, all of that stuff made Starbucks a household name and made the brand to beat in terms of coffee powers, coffee places. Uh, look at um, Toyota versus Lexus. Well, you know they're made by the same company. 
But why do you pay all this money for Lexus opposed to a Toyota? It was how they were marketed, how their brand was expanded. Same thing with Nike and Adidas. Once again, Nike owns Adidas. Okay? But look how they position those brands where you will pay this for a Nike to $300 and, you know, I guess 50 or 60 or so for Adidas shoe. I mean, you're not cheap, but, you know, the difference is totally, you know, the money you pay is totally different. Um, and once again, I'm going to give you one more example is Banana Republic and Gap. Now, the reason I'm giving you these examples is because, once again, Banana Republic owns Gap. And Banana Republic was positioned as the cooler, hipper brand. Gap was positioned as the low and, you know, moderate brand, and that was that. But something changed about 12 years ago and flipped that. Something changed about 12 years ago that made the, the Gap brand turn on its head, become a much more um, a notable brand, brought more money to them. It was one thing that happened. You know what that was? Malia and Sasha Obama were Gap close to the inauguration of Barack Obama. They could not, their website broke down. They couldn't handle all the offers or uh, orders. People wanted to get Malia and what Sasha had at, um, at um, the inauguration. Everybody applauded Michelle Obama for shopping in Gap. She's a down-home uh, person. She understands about motherhood. And that turned the brand on his, on his head. Now, we don't have the luck of often we having somebody like Michelle Obama uh, endorse our stuff, but we do have the opportunity to get local people to do that, and we have more important, a better idea of how to market our product to our consumer target. And your branding all has to be consistent. You need to have your logo that's done properly. You need to have your website. Please don't tell me you have a business with no website. Nobody's going to look at you seriously. Your website your letterheads, your envelopes, your, your business cards, your brochure, your colors can talk about who you are as well. Those are items that, can, that are very, very important in your branding process. One more thing I want you to remember. Branding is about making the consumer more hip, more in the know, more cool, than, more cooler or cooler than anyone else. That's our culture here. We want to be the biggest, the baddest, the best, or whatever. Uh, we're a generation that wants that. We want to be richer than anybody else. We want to have more. We be more beautiful than anybody else. We want to be best dressed. We are more type generation. And that's the difference in terms of a lot of brands, in terms of their ability to be successful in the long term and keep making the adjustments they need to make. But they give people that, 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 um, feel, if you will, that emotional connection that I'm giving you what you um, want, not necessarily what you need because I deserve it. Don't minimize the importance of that because that is so important to understanding your consumer and in terms of your branding. Well, I guess we about come to the end of our, our half an hour here. That went by fast. I love this branding stuff. It's something I've studied and talked about for years and years. I have so many different um, examples and, and Whatever, uh, whenever I watch TV, I, I watch the commercials to see what brand message they're trying to communicate. I uh, know it's a little weird, but that's what I do. Um, once again, this is Growing in Greatness radio show. I'm Gwen Singletary. I'm so pleased and happy that you were able to join me today. Once again, hit me up on Facebook if you have any questions or suggestions for the show. 
Um, you also can hear this again or tell your friends about it um, on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, and Apple. Um, listen, send it to people. Uh, we really want to uh, get this word out to folks. I appreciate you, your time. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon and a, make a good start to a great week. Growing in Greatness. Thank you. It's Growing in Greatness radio show with host Gwendolyn Singletary. We want to be your source for reliable, relevant, and informative strategies that disrupt the norm and to help ambitious achievers grow in greatness. Don't miss it. Mondays at 6 p.m. right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Achievers grow in greatness. Greatness, 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 greatness. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.